Yeah. Hello. Hello there. Are you are you in a are you a movie preview person? In yes, world, I am. In a world where nothing is happening, but at the same time, so much is happening. Welcome to 2020. It's a giant Jesus dumpster Christ. fire. The year well, that got away. Hi. The year, I, I think. Sorry, go for it. No, welcome to the Dear Me, Love Me podcast. That's T-Boy John Brooke Huffles, or you continue. I was just going to say, I think we should get a reset on the whole year. Like, I don't think anyone should celebrate their birthdays. And next year, we all just get a redo. And I, everyone stays the same age. We just skip over it because I am sure as hell pissed off that my 30th is this year. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just, um, I'm not turning 30. I'm just going to wait. No. I'm going to be a Karen wait. real quick. And I'm going to say I want a refund. And I would like to speak to the manager of 2020. That's fair. Right. That's, fair. That's great. I'm going to write a, a letter to corporate. Yep. And I'm going to DM and tweet blast 2020 and say, I want a refund. I've about had it. Not a fan. Two stars. Not Probably won't return. <laughs> the most the most terrible Yelp review you'll ever see uh, is, is me talking about 2020. Yes. <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this week's episode is going to be cool. We're talking about self-advocacy when it comes to your health, like your, hey. your physical health, your mental health, and that's um, advocating for yourself and speaking up and um, kind of pushing those people aside when they say this. it up. It's going to be it's going to be great. Um, T, why don't you just read my letter first? And we, Let's we have do plenty it. of stories to tell. I can tell by both of our letters. We've got plenty, oh, plenty of stuff to oh, say. Plenty of shit to say about this. About this subject. Okay. Yes. Dear me, you're being dramatic. You're overreacting. Suck it up. You always get sick. These are phrases that we have heard hundreds of times in our life. What was once perceived as low pain tolerance, now an understanding that your body is imperfect. It is far from it, and only you know what is going on and can advocate for yourself. Here is what I wish I knew sooner. Doctors don't know what you are going through. You have to explain your pain, your symptoms, your prior history, your family history, everything. So when doctors dismiss you at 18 as someone who wants a quick high at the hospital, you think it's just time to go home and that your pain is nothing. It takes your grandmother to step in for you and say she will not be leaving this hospital until you have run tests. Now. She saved your life that day. You wake up at 2 a.m. with a nurse telling you that you had surgery at 8 a.m. to remove your inflamed appendix. And then when it was all said and done and no one gave you breathing treatments again after put after being put under, you make several trips back to the hospital just to again be told you are perfectly fine by the surgeon. He looks at your mother and says that you are doing this for attention. One day later, you are unconscious in the back of an ambulance on the way to the same hospital with both lower quadrants of your lungs collapsed. A long sit in the hospital later, your body is semi back to normal, but persistent coughs have plagued you for life. Your doctors can't read your brain. You are a number on a chart, and that's fine and good, but you need to be the one to speak up. Grandma isn't around, to, Grandma isn't around anymore to save you. You have to fight your right to a healthy body and leave the hospital healthy. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I touched on this on another episode, but I'll, I'll like go in depth. So I was having some serious pain. I was supposed to be driving down to Florida, and I was having serious, like, um, 
stomach and back pain. And I thought it was just like a UTI that turned into like a kidney infection or something because that had happened to me that year as well. So I was like, okay, I'll drive down to Ohio from Michigan and then I'll go to the doctor. They'll test my urine. Like we'll get, you know, antibiotics Mm -hmm. and I'll drive down to Florida and audition for Disney World. So um, I, yeah, literally I was like the week I was supposed to leave for Disney. Um, And so I... Uh, we get to my grandma's doctor. This is my grandma Upholzer. And it's like a, you know, a geriatric doctor. Like he doesn't normally see patients my age. And so he thought I was diabetic. Like he, like I was the pain that I was suffering and what my symptoms were. He thought I was diabetic. So he had to take my blood sugar and everything that turned out fine. And he's the one who sent us to the hospital and said, go get on pain meds if it's really that bad. And it was. And so I went to the hospital and I, so for me, like Vicodin, um, like uh, morphine doesn't do anything. Like I don't, I don't feel like it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me. Yeah. It just doesn't affect you. It just like my body doesn't, isn't affected by those things. So I always tell doctors, I don't feel those things. It does not help my pain. So something I need some, I always need something stronger. And and truly that does sound like I'm an addict. Like, but like I, they gave me the Dilaudid, but it was saline thinking that I would be, you know, on my merry way. And I was still in just immense pain. Yeah. And so my grandma said, did you give her saline? And they said, yes. And so they're like, you, she said, you need to give her pain medication. So they gave me the Dilaudid. I'm like, you know, like, have you ever, have they ever given you Dilaudid at a hospital? I don't think so. It makes you so. feel like you're a million pounds. Like you're just like sinking into a different like, dimension. It's, it's ridiculous. It's oh, ridiculous. Weird. And so, but like, it's the only thing that helps when I'm in immense pain. And so um, they tell me that once that, uh, once it's run through, they're going to release me. And my grandma said, no, you're not. Yeah, you're not like going to release her. Help. They they were like they don't they're like there's nothing wrong with it you just have a stomach ache and Bullshit. so they then they admitted me into the hospital to get um a test done on a like a scan and then I know you're still listening but you're away I'm um, listening I just opening my window because I'm hot you're fine you're fine and so uh they admitted me, they gave me a scan and then I get woken up by a nurse at two in the morning and she said, honey, you're scheduled for surgery at 8 a.m. And I was like, surgery? What do you mean? And so I called, I called my mom who was like, who also was thinking I was overreacting and was like kind of upset that I was spending the night in the hospital because that's a lot of money. And um, I said, I called my mom. I said, hey, mom, at 2 a.m. I said, mom, I'm scheduled for surgery at 8 a.m. and getting my appendix out. It's going to burst. And she's like, what? And she immediately got like got out of bed, drove down to Ohio at like three in the morning oh. and um, got there. And so I had my surgery. Everything went fine. And after you get out of surgery, if you're young, they don't give you breathing treatments because you you're like young, you're healthy, you should have healthy lungs, they should bounce back. Okay. But okay. a lot of the times they'll give people breathing treatments. And that's the thing that you blow into the tube and the little ball goes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, making, that. that's making sure yeah. that you can hold a, a solid breath for a while. Yeah. But they never even tested me, my breath, breathing or anything. So I get released day of because it's an outpatient surgery and I got it laparoscopically. So it was like just a tiny right, like one. In and out. Everything. 
in and out. So like, it was great. Like I have, I have no scar from it and, um, I get sent home and then I am having like terrible chest pain and terrible headaches. And so I go back to the hospital again and the, they like give me an oxygen mask for like 12 hours and then they tell me I can go home. And then, so I go home and then the next day I go back to the hospital because I'm still having the same pain and my surgeon bursts into the room, tells my mom I'm faking it, that I just want oh. attention, and that how dare I be here when his sur- his surgery did great. Like, what? It was, it was, like, honestly, like, my mom wrote this, like, whole letter to the hospital saying we'd sue them if we did. They didn't cover everything. So, uh, yeah. They, the two interns that were with the, him who like were like this super hot guy and girl who were totally banging and like it was like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. It was amazing. I looked That's at her and I said, I said, I am in so much pain. And she's like looking at the surgeon like, I can't believe he's saying this to your mom, like blah, blah, blah. Right. So we get released. And then the next day I wake up in serious pain. Like it's the worst pain I've ever felt in my whole life. And it's a headache. Like it felt like my head was going to explode. And so I run down the stairs and I said, mom, mom, I, I, it's a 10. It's a 10. I've saved my 10 my whole life, you know, scale of one to 10. How's your pain? And I said, it's a 10, it's a 10, it's a 10. And my uncle rock goes, Brooke, are we going to have to call the ambulance? And because I've had an ambulance called to his house before for ovarian cysts. And so he was kind of like, oh my God, Brooke, are we going to have to call the ambulance? And boom, I pass out. And I'm like not breathing. Oh my God. (laughs) So I get to the, or I wake up and I'm like semi-conscious in the ambulance and like going in and out. And I hear the sirens. So they have the sirens blaring. My mom is like in the front of the ambulance. My uncle's driving behind her. And I have like the person on here and I look at them and I said, what's going on? And he said, you're going to the hospital. So I'm like, I remember blanking out again. And then I remember coming to in the hospital and they're turning me on my side because they're going to give me a spinal tap. Jesus. And they were looking to see if I had bacterial meningitis from being in the hospital. Right. And, you know, that's deadly. So they did that. And I, lo- I remember looking at my mom and my uncle saying, am I going to die? And my mom's like, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And an intern, this is the longest story. I'm so sorry. But an intern um, was doing my spinal tap. And there's a nerve when like right near where they're supposed to (gasps) do it. That If they nick it, your whole body just goes into sharp pain and then goes numb. And you can't feel anything. Nicked the nerve. And so I'm just in like serious pain. And then I feel nothing from like the waist down. Oh, God. Um, so then the other nurse or the, the attending like takes it and does it really quick, gets it out. I go into a a scan with like all these like breathing tubes and everything. They never had to intubate me, which is crazy, which is nice too. And, um, they did a scan and then the lower quadrants of both of my lungs had completely collapsed. Like we're like, God. And so I have to, I was in the hospital then for like a week. Like just chilling, getting super fat because they were plugging me with so many f- fluids and um, just like constantly breathing like in oxygen and everything to try to get my lungs back to normal. And then at the end of my stay, my fucking surgeon comes back in <laughs> and my mom is like, was she faking it now? <laughs> and he like didn't even apologize. His <gasps> interns apologized. And what a piece like, of shit he is. He- 
piece of shit, like a piece of fucking shit. I don't even remember his name. I just like oh, I could pick him out after full of shit. Yeah, and so <laughs> I was then like released after getting so many breathing treatments, having like just nights of crying because the nurses would come in like every hour for me to do like breathing work and like work out my lungs. And so that was fun. <laughs> and it all started with them saying, you got to go home because you're a drug addict. <laughs> so that's Oh my that's, God. That when I said I wanted to do a health advocacy story, I was that's 18 fair. at that time. So I was like, Jesus. I didn't know that I needed to speak up more and be like, fuck you. This is my right. life. This is my health. You need I to know listen. my body better than anyone. Like, you need to listen. And they wouldn't. And luckily, my grandma spoke up for me or else I would have been dead. Like, I would have like I would started my drive to Florida and my appendix and would have burst in the car and I would have died. Yeah. 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 Jesus. Oh, yeah. I bet you. My well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Me too. I bet you my mom's like listening to this story right now as she's doing work or something. And she's probably getting worked up too because this like really oh, she's, yeah. up. <laughs> she's like mama. I can feel her mama bearing yeah, she's in like, the future ah! about this. Oh, yeah. That's oh, one yeah. of the things where it's like you hurt my kid. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking kill you. All right. You go on to number two okay. because like honestly, that's all we got to say about number one. <laughs> all right. Number two. When discussing with friends, family, and others about your bouts of depression and anxiety, don't let them tell you it's not real. Fuck yes. Yeah. What you feel is real. What you experienced is real. Never let someone tell you that people have it harder in life, so you should just be happy. People absolutely have it harder, but that's no reason to disregard what you are going through. When a plane goes down, you put your oxygen mask on first, then assist others. So put on your own damn mask on first, and then we can worry about everyone else who has it harder than you. That is one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone's uh, when it. someone says like anxiety's all in your head. I'm like, yeah, no shit. That's where it lives. That doesn't it make it. There. Or it when people it- will say to me, as I'm having a panic attack, when they're like, you need to calm down or just take a breath. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh you feel so. Well, shit, I never thought about that. She's really good. (laughs) She's really good. In 15 years, I should have just been breathing. What? What a cow. No, you're right. People absolutely underplay it. Or when people say to me, like, oh, my God, I was so anxious the other day. I, like, basically had a panic attack. And I'm like, uh, did you feel the walls closing in? (laughs) Did you want to die? Did you cry a lot? Did you get really hot? Or were you just a little stressed? We're just a little bit stressed. A little bit stressed. As time has gone on and like mental health has been studied more and more and it's become more of a thing of like everybody struggles with it at some Everyone. point. And, and it like, yes. whether it's tiny or big or just a normal amount, some you're always going to, to it's going to happen. I feel like it's now yeah. because of the stuff that we've eaten in our lives, it's always going to be there. Like, you know, <laughs> and well, so, and like, I just no, go finish um, my it's okay, but I feel like it's it, people are listening more. Like when I was in high school, and I remember saying that I was really depressed, and I my mom actually said like people like there's a there's a lot of people in the world that are like dying and are hungry. Like you like mm-hmm. you have a really great life, and I was like I know I do. I just like I don't know why I feel this way, and that's what that's the first time I remember thinking, oh, I am like depressed because it's an imbalance because I should be happy right now, like. I, I should oh. like I have a great life right now and I'm doing great and I'm gonna do great things, but I, I'm not happy. So 
there is clearly I something mean, that needs to to be to, like fixed that or help it's like a chemical imbalance it's well it's like the same thing as when i went through my really bad year of depression in the middle of mean girls and i felt i couldn't tell anyone because how dare i be depressed how dare you? like how like, how, dare how dare i have depression i have all the things i want in my life and i have all my dreams and it was so shameful and it's i mean you can see it in pictures just my, I gained a lot of weight. I didn't look so good. I, I clearly was like dying from the inside out. Like you could just see it in my yeah. face. I was so sad and uh, I couldn't tell anybody. And I remember I finally broke down crying to my parents and even they were like, my mom was like, I knew something was up, but both of them kind of were surprised too like, that it was that bad. But because, and I, I remember like that, that year you, you were doing Mean Girls and I remember being like, I was telling our friend Grace, I said, I haven't heard from T in so long. It's like, she doesn't care about us anymore. It's like, she's on Broadway now. I, she doesn't care. But it, but it was literally because you were rotting up from the inside out. I was rotting and I had the worst. I mean, I, Dave was really the only person that knew. And like, I was telling Dave the other day. One of the things I vividly remember is I had such a bad day of depression. I had to go to work and he literally got me out of bed. He put me in the shower. He washed my hair oh my for God. me because I yeah. couldn't do it. Like, and I was so ashamed to, to have depression. Like I'd had bouts of minor, but this was like, this was severe clinical depression. I never experienced it. And I was so embarrassed. Um, and I felt like I couldn't tell anybody because how dare I? have this chemical imbalance in my brain and be struggling when I'm supposed to have everything yeah. I want in life. Right. It's, it's you know, so I get uh, that. And, and because people have said it in the past, it, sorry, I just like burped and then hiccuped and then it all just came out. Okay. So, um, because the, I don't remember where, Oh, because people have said in the past, like that it, um, it doesn't, you're, you're not really depressed that, um, mm -hmm. that people have it harder than you. It is so hard to, to acknowledge to yourself that it is, that it is okay to feel this way okay, and that yeah. you are valid and that you, you are worthy to get the help you need. Oh yeah. And once I, once I did get the help, it was as if I could breathe again. I could see, a, I could see a future. Cause honestly, during, my doubts about to depression. I was like, I really don't care. I don't care of this future. I don't see myself in the future. Um, and it was, but getting help and speaking out was one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. So shout out to my amazing husband who was a gem. Sweet. Okay. <clears throat> He's the best. Number three, don't be afraid to call it out when someone does something or says something that upsets you. Your relationships, whether that is your partner, family member, friend, or colleague, are important. A simple, what you said slash did hurt me, and I would appreciate it if it wasn't said slash done again. If they get combative over it, it is only because they are embarrassed they hurt you and would rather dig in the hole deeper than patch it over with a simple apology. Yup. That, that last line is dead on. It, I feel like it's just like when you're on the schoolyard as a kid, when somebody says, stop hitting me and, and your first reaction is to hit them again. It's because mm -hmm. you're like, you're, you're trying to justify your actions by doing it again. Well, we don't like being told no as humans or that we've done something wrong or that we've messed up. And Michael and I have gotten into several like fights about it's like something he said, or it's the way he said something. And I mm -hmm. said, and he goes, why can't you just like, internalize it like why can't why do you have to say something and I said I internalized things in past relationships for a long time mm -hmm. and it was the downfall and I've been emotionally abused and I've been gaslighted mm -hmm. gaslit yep and uh I'm sorry but you're getting strong badass Brooke and you're not getting complacent Brooke hell yeah like, 
that you're was like, speak up for yourself. Up, sorry, not your timing, but you you're getting me as the strong person who is not afraid to speak up because I was so afraid for so long. So if you're not going to fix it, then like then we have a bigger problem. But mm-hmm. if you hurt me, I'm going to say something. Like, and I hope yeah. that he would say something to me if I said something, yeah, something that was upsetting to him. Like, I would hope that he would call me out, and then I can apologize for it. Yeah, I and just, it is it, hard. We just need to start normalizing apologizing in a non like crazy way as kids. It's just like uh, you know, well, we're it both needs to not be right. seen as apologies need to not be seen as. A com- like it's it is taking responsibility for something that you did. It is not an admission of like how much you screwed up. Like yeah, it's one of those things where it's okay to recognize you screwed up. It doesn't make you less of a person. Right. And it's another thing, even if you don't think you necessarily did anything wrong, it's another thing to apologize to someone and say, "I am sorry that I hurt your feelings. I am sorry that this affected you. I am sorry that that's not my intention. I don't want to hurt yeah. you, and I hear I, I you, did. and I'm sorry." It was my intention. I'm so sorry that you ever thought that. Like that, I've said sucks really bad that like for a second you thought that I meant that. Like, right. but but I didn't. Like, and so right. hopefully, then how can I, you know, verbalize this in a better way so we can get on the same page? And then and the thing I, is, you're right. If you don't speak up for yourself, it would just keep happening. It just keep happening because somebody would think it was fine. Exactly. And I, if you don't set boundaries. I taught the the little girl that I babysit for um, when somebody apologizes to you. And if you're not okay with, um, if you're, if you still feel hurt by them, instead of saying it's okay, like, Mm -hmm. so if somebody says, I'm sorry, and you go, it's okay, it's fine. You don't have to say that. You can say, thank you so much for apologizing. And then accept your apology. You don't even have to accept it. That's the thing. You don't have to say, I accept it. You can say, thank you for apologizing because that doesn't. That doesn't mean you accept it. That doesn't mean that you have moved past it. That means that you are acknowledging that they took the time to to give you that, and then you can take the second to say, mm-hmm. "I'm I'm going to f- like forgive you when I get when I can finally work through it." And on the flip side of that, if you do apologize and you genuinely mean it, you are not required to get a response from the other person if you have hurt them. So for perfect example, I had someone reach out to me, someone that had bullied me in high school, and I they apologized and I did not respond. Because to me, I'm like I'm not going to give you whatever pacifying you want 15 years later. I don't I don't care about that. I don't care about you feeling good all of a sudden. I you do like if you are genuinely sorry, don't expect anything back. You are giving the apology because you feel badly and you messed up. You are owed nothing from the person you are apologizing to. If you get it, great. If not, move on. Move on. You've done your, you've done your work. You've done, you've done what you can do. Yeah. And I've had that happen where I've apologized to someone and they have not accepted my apology and we're not friends anymore. But I maintain that I'm like, I apologize sincerely. And what they choose to do with that is on them. Not on them, but they get to make their own but decisions. Like they, so, they made their they make their choices. You made the, mm-hmm. the great choice to apologize. And if they don't accept it, then that's a fine choice too. Yep. Uh, oh, perfect. Uh, number four. On the flip side of that, don't be afraid to be called out when you hurt someone. Apologize, internalize, and move on with sincerity. We aren't perfect and we are and we all have flaws. Apologies are embarrassing, but it's how we learn and grow. Also, side note, an apology is not an apology if the if the word but is in the apology. I'm oh, sorry, God. but. I'm sorry, but. Woo. I can't My mom said it. anything that comes after the but is bullshit. Yep. 
Yeah. Like it doesn't, there sure. should never be a but in an apology. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings, but no, it doesn't count. No. Yeah, and you're still argumentative. You're still arguing. That's 100% correct. Yes, you're correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I hate when people I do, do that. It's the bane of my existence. That I man in the other room over there does that all the time. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Everything after but is bullshit. Bullshit. Either stop right. there or you're not ready to apologize. Just gotta go la 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 la. Cover your ears. You're not ready. You're not ready to apologize yet. Okay. Number five. Always tell the truth. When it comes to your feelings and health, tell the goddamn truth. It will only thicken the already dark cloud forming over your head if you continue to say, no, I'm okay. When your doctor asks you embarrassing questions like, are you sexually active? Do you drink? Etc. Tell the truth. When your mom asks you how your day was and you want to cry, then fucking cry. Listen to your body. Listen to your heart. It is always telling you what you need. And you are your only voice. Use it loud and proud. We are our biggest cheerleaders. Also, I would like to give a big fuck you to Akron General Hospital. You may have, I'm, you may have, I may have been born there. Yeah, you may have you. been born there. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, you. it's you. You may have been born there, but if it wasn't for you and our sweet grandma, you would have died there too. Love me. Yep. Hey. I was born in Akron General in that hospital that I was taken to and uh, fuck them. And fuck you guys. Fuck them. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, one of my horror stories is from Akron General too. What? No mm-hmm. way. Fuck mm-hmm. that place. Not nearly as bad as you. Just, oh and it's God. like in here quickly. And then I'll, I'll be like, that was, that was that. Oh my God. Akron mm-hmm. General. Get it uh, together. This episode has been sponsored by Akron General. <laughs> we care. Two to ten stars. Health, but we care. About One the star. Dollars. God. Oh my fucking Lord. Yeah. So advocate for your own health. Do it. Hell yeah. I, I've had so many times where I've had ovarian cyst ruptures, uh, oh. UTIs that turned into kidney infections because I didn't mm-hmm. do anything. This, like there's so many times where I was told to suck it up or to, uh, like, it's not that big of a deal. You're being a baby. You're being overdramatic. And then it oh, was. You know how much I got you're being dramatic in my life? Ugh, you're, be- you're being dramatic. Being dramatic. <laughs> I, no, yeah. Two big middle fingers. Two big middle fingers to that. I forget. Sorry, you. mom. You're the one who says I'm dramatic all the Sorry. time. So those middle fingers. Same with might my be entire family. A little bit, but like not all the time. Those middle fingers are not directed at you. They're directed at past Susie who told me I was overdramatic about my health. Okay. There you go. Hey, current Susie is like Hi. so scared about my health because of the one time she said you're being dramatic and then I almost died. <laughs> and you have that card forever now. Yes, yes, I do. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> all right, are we ready to get to your letter? Let's do it. Great. Dear me. Hey girl, hey. How are you doing? Junior high going okay? Don't worry about it. Kids suck, and honestly, you won't hit your peak till your late twenties. It's all good. Are you? Do you think you've peaked already? Because I don't think you have. I, I think you're. I think I'm think I'm aging like a fine wine. I think I am. You're continuing. I, I looked at myself you're, in the mirror the other day, and I was like, you know, for thirty, if if you told like fifteen year old me I'd look like this at thirty, I'd be like, yeah, all right, I'll take it. That's fine. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm good yeah, with that. You, I keep getting. You haven't peaked yet. You're you're beautiful, but you haven't hit your peak yet. Thanks, friend. 
just be happy you didn't peak in high school. <laughs> that's that's what I'm getting to with this. Don't worry about it, baby T. You're all good. Oops. Okay. There we go. I like edited your thing really quick. I didn't mean to. Let's hope <laughs> it makes sense. Still. Okay. It's all good. I'm here to talk to talk to you about something you never thought would be a problem, but it totally is. We're going to talk about how to be an advocate for your own health. Speaking up for your own health is insanely important. Sometimes doctors will dismiss your complaints because of your age, sex, race, and it's bullshit. The truth is you know your body better than anyone. It's your life, so let's dive in. Okay, this is this is the number that I accidentally just put a a, a, a word in. Oh, there it my, is. So um, I, it just popped up on mine. I got it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, the, you just typed in an A. Oh, great, great. So you're do a. Okay, okay. Let me reopen oh, this geez. note technology. Okay. T and I use Apple notes and then we share the notes so we can each edit it. And so sometimes my, my big fat fingers don't enjoy that. Okay. Number one, this one goes out to the parents listening. If your child is old enough to be asked, are you sexually active? Consider standing outside of the room for the first part of that conversation. Trust me, I was not about to tell my pediatrician I was doing very normal teenage things with my partner while my mom was sitting in the room staring straight at me. It's not gonna happen. Even if you as a parent would be totally cool with your kid being sexually active, give them privacy or at least offer it sincerely. It will begin to teach your child that they have autonomy with their body, their doctor's appointments, and etc. Kids, don't be afraid to ask your parents ahead of time if they wouldn't mind sitting outside while you answered questions about your health. If your parents push back, try and outline how important it is that you have control over your body and your health. Keep advocating for yourself. I didn't even think about that, about the, the I always just think, you know, tell, tell your doctor the truth. Are you sexually active? And yeah, like, it's, yes. Like, I would and never so, say it in front of my mom. No, my God, no. I would even like if Susie was in a appointment with me. If they were like, have, like you, have no. you done drugs? They'd be like, never in a million years. No. Have you ever drank alcohol? Nope. Now, even now I'm like, oh, I don't drink alcohol. What? Like, no. But <laughs> if you have a child that is of an age where they're starting to get autonomy in their own body, you don't have to stay out for the whole appointment, but just at the beginning, just step out of the room. Yeah. Let the doctor answer the questions. Like, let your child answer them honestly I and then come back in. That. Like if a pediatrician had like the beginning of an appointment be like mm -hmm. we talk to the parents about family health and everything. We have mm -hmm. the parents step out and talk to the secretary about the 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 like everything, all the the billing and stuff. Be like, okay, you're gonna go talk to our secretary about billing, and then mm -hmm. you know I'm gonna talk to your daughter about her health and her experiences, and if she has any questions for me that she wouldn't mind, just that wouldn't want to ask him. Bing for you. bing bing. Like, it's yep. And I understand like the like weird rash you've got or yeah, it's scary to leave your child with, you know, uh, of course like, it is. I'm thinking about like even starting this as early as like 12, like, because, mm -hmm. you know, that is when your peak body is starting to change and like, oh yeah. You and you're going through puberty. You don't want to learn about that shit from your parents. Like, it, no. honestly, like doc, it's just like. You, yeah, your doctor, you'll see them once a year and they're literally not going to judge you. They're they're going to go look into somebody's vagina and see a bunch of warts like in a second. Yep. Like, and even like, that person- They will give not, you. Like it's nobody ever is judging unless you stick a Barbie up your asshole. Like that's the only And like time. don't do that. 
I'm sure you would be judged at a doctor's office. Yes. A hundred percent stuck. But you're right. Like that would be a brilliant um, business model. Just like give the kids their own space. Let them answer the questions. And that's, I've always wondered why parents don't do that. Your first time when you're an adult and you don't have your parents to advocate for you and your health Mm -hmm. and your. Oh yeah. Getting that start of being able to speak to a doctor completely open and honestly would just save so much time and effort when it comes to your adulthood and having to answer those questions. Absolutely, it would. It would make me feel better about doing it now. Yeah, absolutely. It, it took to about like two years ago for me to fully be confident into like telling like, yes, I'm sexually active. Yes, I drink. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this, 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 and this. Like, yep, mm-hmm. this is my last period. Nope, never been pregnant. Nope. No, yep, right. Like, these are control. all the questions I have. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's it's the only two years ago. I'm 28. Like, right. Yeah. That should have been a thing when I was 16 years old and, and going on birth control. Like that should And have not been. even thinking twice about telling your doctor the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 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 How was Ember's new groove the other night? <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> T texted me saying to give her a Disney movie. So I gave her three choices. I gave her Inside Out, which we watch all the time. Uh, yes. Princess and the Frog. and uh, Another great one. Ember's new groove. And she chose Ember's and new groove. And that hit did, correctly. Did Did Grace tell you Ember's new groove too? Yes, she did. Yeah, so Both like of you immediately were like Ember's new group. I was like, great, 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 perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Number two, if a doctor doesn't listen to you, find another doctor. It took me four gynos until I found one that would insert an IUD into me. I was a grown ass woman in a stable, committed relationship who couldn't go on on hormonal birth control due to a blood disorder. An IUD was literally my only option and still three doctors said no or tried to talk me out of it. Absolute lunacy. I maintain the IUD is the best decision I've ever made. I totally agree with you. It is the best decision I have ever made. I did not have a problem getting it. My doctor was like, yep, let's do it. Let's go. And I cannot believe with just a simple IUD, they would do that. Three doctors said no, because here's the thing. I have to get the non-hormonal copper implant. That's it's a 10-year. Year. Yeah. Right. Now, because I was 23 and wanted a 10-year implant, every single doctor, except for my last one, was like, well, what if you decide to have kids? You know, this, if you get pregnant while you have this, you you have to have an abortion. It could kill you. It And, and I was like, yeah, I don't want kids. That's why I want the fucking IUD. Put it inside me. And then they were like, well, it's really painful because you haven't had kids yet and your cervix won't be like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I want, I'm like, I will die if I have any other birth control. I want birth control with my partner of two years. Like, what is the issue? I had three different doctors tell me no. And now my fourth one is like, yeah, when that one's up, we'll just rip it out and put a new one in. Or if you want to tie, tie your tubes, we could do that too. It's whatever you want to do. Yeah. That's but insane. As an adult woman with insurance, great insurance, three doctors said no. I was, you know, on TikTok as we have been doing lately. Um, and there is somebody said they were talking about, you know, equality and genders and saying like somebody said, what has what do got men have that women don't? And it said it was body autom- autonomy. It's mm-hmm. it's she said, if I went to the doctor right now and told them to tie my tubes, they would not do it, won't do it. because I'm mm-hmm. under 30 or I'm under 40. Um, because and you I might change am, your mind. I'm unmarried and, um, like all this stuff. And they said, you know who they would have to ask 
my husband. And if my husband said yes, they would do it. And if I wasn't married, they'd have to ask my father. That's ridiculous. That's now if a guy wants to go in and get a vasectomy, he can do it in snip snip right then and there. Snip snip. And that's what they don't recognize. Like this is it was. Can you imagine if I had just taken no at, at face value? I was like, no, no, I I want this. I went to three different doctors as a mid twenties. Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's. Mm, mm. Do you prefer male gynos or female? Female. Same. Mm-hmm. My mom. I, I have a male gyno in here later. Um, my mom always said she liked a male gyno and I don't know why. And, um, then I had my, I always had male gynos up through college. And then I, my senior year, I needed to make an appointment before I went down to Disney because I needed more birth control. And when my yearly was up and so I just made an appointment with the first gyno I could find that the next day. And it was a woman and it was my favorite gyno I'd ever had in my whole life. And she was in Kent and like, she just like, looked at me with like no bullshit was like how's your sex life oh it hurts okay well that's not normal let's figure this shit out okay let's say like maybe try this maybe try that like it i my mind was blown that she they believe you relate and believe and sympathize and empathize and i'm not saying that male gynos aren't great because they are but i'm just saying like personally i i i can't imagine going to a male gyno again correct Yeah, I'm with you, hundred percent. Can't do it. Can't do it. Actually, the male gyno comes in in the next number. I just looking down; it's right there. Great! What a what a great segue. <laughs> yeah. Number three, you don't have to put up with any bullshit just because you're at the doctor's. The nurse to what does it say? The nurse to said. Oh, when the nurse or, just, or who the nurse? When, oh, I don't know. The nurse the that nurse said, said to me. Oh, when the nurse uh, said to me when I was fifteen. Oh. You don't look that heavy when she read my weight. Fuck you. Yeah, I remember that story. What mm-hmm. The male gyno who walked in without a word during my vaginal art- ultrasound and only talked to the tech while he was literally inside of me looking at my cysts and didn't even look at me once or say hello while my vag was like fully out. Fuck you. Blech. Jeez. Mm-hmm. The emergency room nurse who rolled her eyes when I asked through tears for someone else to try inserting my IV because she missed three times. Super fuck you. Akron General Hospital. <laughs> I literally went, go get someone else. Oh, my God. And then the sweet old lady came in and did it for me. Oh, what is this? The chiropractor who tried to tell me COVID is a conspiracy theory as he was treating my herniated disc. You guessed it. Fuck you. What? Is this the chiropractor oh, you've gone to? I, I stopped seeing him because he has right. now try, twice tell, tried to tell me as he's treating me how he thinks this is a scam. And I was like, sir, I, mm, I just want to get out of here now. Sir, now you're never not going that back kind of doctor. I'm not saying that you're not a doctor because you are. You do really great but things. You're not that you're kind. Not that kind of doctor. I'm going to trust that kind of doctors Yep. before I trust the same way I would trust a chiropractor over a podiatrist for a back problem. Exactly. Exactly. Well, oh my Mm -hmm. fuck. 
Speak up for yourself. If you are uncomfortable, say so. You do not need to sit there in silence. You are a human. You are a human being worthy of feeling comfortable. Also, you can absolutely report any of these people to the Board of Health. Just so you I never even thought about that. Yeah, you can do that. I never even thought so about that. So y'all know. Do you know how to do that? Yeah, you can like you can look up their uh, um, license number and you can file a complaint. All their information should be on like whatever hospital you went to. You should be able to find it fairly easily. And I believe that's how you can do it. Oh, interesting. I might be wrong. I've never done it. I just know you can. Um, I am like such a proponent for for people in the medical industry, but I'm going to I'm going to rag on them for a second about. Um, OK, I put somebody- something nice in at the end. So it's OK. You can okay. rag on them now. Um, how like the bitchy people who were bullying you in high school all became nurses. Yeah. Like you're, the bitchy girls in, in high school all became shitty, shitty, like emergency room nurses. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's, there's always a bit of truth in a joke. Maybe not the whole truth, but there's a bit of truth in every joke. There's some amazing, amazing ass nurses who are who were the most wholly amazing people in high school. And then there's some people who are just terrible who are now nurses. We're awful. <laughs> there, I'm sure there's in every field, there's terrible humans. In you every know field. Not in any thing. field of work, you're going to get a couple that just suck. Just suck. Hey, come here. Thank you for your service, essential workers. <laughs> yes, we love you guys so much. I did, I don't worry. At the end, I literally was like, "Okay, here's okay. all the nice things doctors have done." That experience this guy that we can do. A I say that episode about nurses and how amazing and doctors and how amazing they're. There's don't just worry, some specific the people who work at Akron General who can fucking suck a D. <laughs> they were the worst. <laughs> oh gosh, number four. Ask your friends for doctors that they like. It's the best way to find people you would be comfortable with. I have found an amazing team of doctors from my dentist to my gyno, and I give out their info like candy. Yes. I literally like, actually, really funny story. A friend of mine was, um, we were having like a wine night, like a girl's night. And we got on the, t- we got on the subject of like ha- being your own advocate, actually. And we started talking about some horror experiences and I brought up that terrible, terrible gyno who walked in, didn't even look at me, waved the round around inside me and then like walked out and how embarrassed I was and how, you know, ashamed and whatever. And she's yeah. like, well, I have a great one. Now I was like, no, no, no. I have an absolutely amazing one in New York. I love her so much. She's the absolute best. And she was like, yeah, mine is so great. And we started talking. Then I was like, who's yours? And she was like, Ashley Becker. And I was like, holy shit, that's mine. But we were at, that's I was at, I'm at the Brooklyn location and she's at the Manhattan location. And we oh both got the same gyno and only have amazing things to say about her. So if anyone in New York is looking for a really I'm, great gynecologist, Dr. I, 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 Becker. All right. Oh, I might have to like, be your own info. I liked, I liked <sighs> my gyno that I had this last time, but I wasn't like super enthused. Oh, no. You'll love like, this woman. Like this woman, the first time I went, the office is super decorated, like so sweet and cute. But she came in, we chatted about my cyst, and then she's like, she like looked at me, she goes, okay, go ahead and get dressed and then come meet me in my office. I'm not going to make you sit here and chat with me on a piece, on a sheet. Come on. Like she lets you get fully dressed, brings you into her office. You can have like a cup of coffee and talk with her. That's amazing. Rather than sitting there in the stirrups while she's telling you things and you're like, this isn't fun. That's that's awesome. I love that. We need more people like that in every field. Yes. We need life. more Dr. Beckers. Yes, for sure. In a world full of Akron generals, be a Dr. Becker. Be a Dr. Becker. 
<laughs> now that can be the new merch in a world full of background generals. Be a Dr. Becker. <laughs> Ashley Becker will one day be walking around like, what in the hell are these shirts? Oh what? What? <laughs> what? Who? Oh my oh. God. That's amazing. All right. Number five, you are allowed to keep searching for answers, even if doctors don't seem concerned. I've been having an allergic reaction for two years to alcohol and everyone seems to tell me it's no big deal, but I want answers. I've been screened for a few types of cancers, seen specialists, seen allergists, and will be seeing another specialist soon. Why? Because I know my body and I know that something is up. Mm -hmm. I've been to like a million doctors. I've been tested for all. Like I went to my doctor recently and said, listen, I'm not this person. I said, but given my symptoms and the research I've done, I want to screen for these types of cancers. And he looked at me and I said, I am not this person normally, but I'm telling you right now, no, I want to be screened for this. And I have, and he was like, okay, okay, we can screen for it. And luckily that came out okay. But even he was like, based on what you've told me, I do want you to see another specialist. And I was like, okay, but like, you have to keep fighting for yourself because no one's going to fight for you. Right. Nobody's going to look at you unless you have like severe, like, right. Like, it's you just you, you you know you you're the only person who goes to bed and, and thinks is my body okay today right like it's it's like, you're especially you know like, there, are, there are there are moments of of life where people look at somebody on the tv like that guy on hgtv and that lady went you have oh, cancer yes and he did brilliant like there's that's a one in a billion you know one in a billion that never happened that was so, nuts like, be your best advocate because that man wasn't or like the storyline in Parks and Rec. <laughs> Which where, one? They text, where they text where the guy sends Anne a dick pic oh, and it yeah, turns yeah. out that he has like cancer. And so then yeah. everyone starts sending her dick pics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that show. Maybe I'll rewatch that. Yeah. That's a good one to rewatch right now. I would totally do that. Oh. All right. Number six. As far as therapy goes, it's a lot like falling in love. You need to find a doctor with a good fit. And trust me, I know how hard that is. That first session where you go over your life story, that's a really hard session. And it's a hard one to have to repeat over and over again as you try to find, if you try different therapists. I believe in you. You can do it. You can also email the doctor following the appointment if you didn't feel like it was a good fit. You don't have to... you don't have to try and give it a few sessions to see how it goes. Fuck politeness. This is about your health. This is your health that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important you thing don't... for people to hear. It's I know it's hard. And that's why I tell everyone who's like, what advice do you have about therapy? I say, it's a lot like falling in love. You're going to have to go through some therapists that don't fit. And you have mm-hmm. to be okay to kind of immediately just say like, no, I'm going to. It's hard when it's a doctor to be like, no, I didn't feel this was a good fit. But then you're wasting time. And, and money. I and money. And I know it's hard. That first appointment is always so emotionally heavy because you're like, here's all the things I want to fix. And it's hard. It's hard to go to those places. It's hard to let someone see that side of you. And, um, But hang in there. You will find good. I'm looking for a new one again. I loved mine six months ago. And then I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling the jam anymore. And now I need someone new. Yeah. So Ooh. it happens. Oh, Nessie. Nessie agrees with you. Nessie's got, <laughs> Nessie's like, yeah. You don't even know. Are you hanging out with me and Auntie T? Yeah. Oh, honey. <gasps> oh, it's a puppy party. Oh, hi, Butters. Oh my goodness. I gave him a bath today because he went in the in the dog um, beach in Prospect Park. Oh, there's a dog beach. Boy. It's really, that's really sweet. 
Oh, I can't wait to bring Nessie back to the dog park because uh, she just got her rabies shot and she just got um, she's spayed, ready. So she's ready she's on Monday. Ready. She's we're taking her. Ah, we're taking the mayor her. gets to go back on her rounds. Miss Mayor gets to make her door to door calls. <laughs> it's true. It's kind of draining, huh, Nessie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's wrap this up mm-hmm. now. This is not meaning to sound like a slam against doctors or medical professionals. The incredible experiences I've had far outweigh the negatives. I've had a fantastic I've had fantastic caregivers in my 30 years. Shout out to them. To the woman to to the woman who came in to administer my IV and apologized and gave me a Gatorade and blanket to calm me down, you rock. To my current gyno who was so incredibly open about me and what I want concerning my body, who brings me into her office to chat fully clothed instead of half naked on a cold sheet, you rock. To my dentist who wouldn't mind when I cried my way through a dental surgery and took breaks for me because I was so nervous, you rock. To nurses who took care of my cousin as he suffered from child leukemia, you all rock beyond words. I've never been more in awe at such superheroes. And to all those currently working to fight COVID while half of the world tells you it's fake, you fucking rock. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for adding that. Yeah. I was like, I, I wanted to be very clear. I'm like, I fucking love nurses and doctors. I wanted to be a nurse. When I graduated Kent State, I was looking at going back to nursing school to be a pediatric stem cell nurse. And I wanted to make it very clear that while this was a negative-based episode, there are incredible, incredible medical professionals out there. And I've had ah, wonderful experience. I mean, even when I went to get my COVID test, um, the, I got the antibody one too. And the woman that gave me, that drew my blood, I always pass out every time. And I'm not afraid of needles. My body's just like, mm, bitch, no. Um, yeah. And I, she, I warned her. I said, I always pass out. And she was like, okay. And she did it. And I turned to her and I go, that didn't hurt at all. And I've gotten my blood drawn a lot. And she is so sweet. Yeah. She's like, baby. She's called, I love when they call me baby. I'm like, if any nurse wants to call me baby, who's older than me, I'll take it. And she's like, baby, you come back anytime you need a blood test and I'll do it for you. And I was like, okay, I will. I'm going to come right back here. I actually really enjoyed my time, my city MD experience too, um, mm-hmm. for my COVID test. The, the doctor was really, really nice. Um, the, yeah. like the people who like check you in were so nice and like very calm, oh. which I was like really appreciative of because there was like a hundred people in line. I waited outside for two oh. hours oh in line God. to, uh, to get the test done. And so it just, I know you didn't like, you didn't, well, I didn't go to, to a city. I just went to like a right. little general doctor's office. Yeah, which I should have looked into further, but that was like the I looked up like near me COVID tests, and they were and like, here. Well, I was planning on going to the go. city MD and walked by, and they had a sign that was like Corona testing here, and I was like hard left. We're gonna try this yep. one. I'll go there. I'll yeah. go there. So I don't care. There's free. There are some pretty incredible uh, people out there who are in the really field. incredible. Yeah. So thank you to you, you guys. So- if you are listening and you are in the medical field, please don't think that we were shitting on all of you. We were shitting on the shitty ones. Yeah. But you and, good ones are gold. The good ones are also the ones who are completely in your corner to self-advocate yes. as well. Yep, yep, yep. And you guys, the pe- the good ones listening are probably like, yes, bitch, speak up. But I wanted to get it out there that we love, we love the medical professionals. We love them. Except you, Akron General. Except you. You guys could get fucked. <laughs> also, I have the biggest veins. Like, how did she miss three times? I have very Sorry. small I'm veins. St- I have, they're so, I will show you one over camera and you will see it. This is where she should have gone. Can you see that right there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Geez, it's that's huge. Bulging. It's huge. You got big vein energy, girl. I know. <laughs> I know. 
So, but she missed <laughs> three times. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but baby T, you need to learn to speak up for yourself. When something makes you uncomfortable or as though you're not being heard, and this is not just a medical thing, you need to speak up. Advocating for yourself is your best tool. No one will fight for you if you don't fight for yourself. Love me. I mean, that's the whole theme of this. Like, no one's going to fight for you unless you fight for yourself. Absolutely. It's uh, when when we were thinking about like you know the episode today when I texted you saying hey what were we gonna do today Mm -hmm. um I was just I I was thinking about it last night I was like I feel like it just I've never heard somebody tell me to be my best advocate Mm -hmm. when sitting down at a doctor's office like when I was a kid yeah (laughs) yeah Nessie's like listen mom you don't step out of the room when I'm at the vet and I think it's bullshit <laughs> I have some concerns over my Mother, over my sexual history with my best wanna, If I want to hump the Great Dane at the dog park, and I don't want you I'm to find out, it. I'm gonna do it. You know, Nessie has never humped anything in her whole life. Butters has humped everything, and like female dogs hump things too. Nessie, oh yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> well, you know what the dog trainer told me? They go, dogs try and get people to play, like dogs, other dogs play two, three ways. They either know how to ask them politely, which Butters does not know. They bark at them obsessively or they hump them for attention. And guess yeah. what kind <laughs> mine is? <laughs> we call him Humpy Dumpy. Oh, Humpy Dumpy. Humpy Dumpy. But yeah, you guys, long story short of this episode, you should be allowed to speak up for yourself and advocate for yourself. Yes, for sure. And like, don't be afraid to ask your parents to leave the room. Yes, truly. I think that's a great place to start. If you are early teens, preteens ask, you know, simply say it would make me feel more comfortable if I could have some privacy with the doctor just to discuss things about my body. And if you're, and if your parent is like, well, why wouldn't you discuss it in front of me? You say, you, you don't even have to say I'm embarrassed. You can say, no. I want to practice for when I become an adult and I have to do these things by myself. And I yeah. want to know how, 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 how I my body or myself and questions because if I'm not going to learn now. Yeah. If I'm not going to learn about it now, I'm going to learn about it too late. Right. I think it's a completely fair thing to ask and hopefully your parents will all be receptive to it. Um, but Yeah. If you guys have a letter you'd like to write us, we are going to get back to many episodes at some point. And also, if you have any topic ideas, feel free to yeah. comment on Instagram or send us an email to dearmelovemepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and and uh, Nessie, Nessie, take it away. That's quarantine, baby. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Jeez, the squeaker. Dear listener, support for this podcast comes from you just for taking a chance on a new podcast. Have a suggestion for a letter? Or do you want to write one yourself? Email us at dearmelovemepodcast at gmail.com. All Dear Me, Love Me art is created by Julie Eccles. Thank you, Julie. Music is composed and produced by Connor Simpson. Follow us on all the gross social media sites we have. Instagram at dearmelovemepodcast, Twitter at dmlmpodcast, and you can find us on Facebook too. Thanks for listening. Love.